Hi, I'm Dana. Welcome to Radio Rehab. This week, I'm joined by my special guest, Harry. And on today's episode, we talk about food, overeating, and healthy relationships with food and recovery and how you get to that point. Let's start the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. We haven't seen each other in, what, 15 years? Yeah. It wasn't the first thing I said to you, but it was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh my God, he's so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the rest of Harry? <laughs> so a- go ahead, tell how did that happen? Yeah, I wish I wish I felt skinny, but we'll we'll get into you that. You don't? No. Oh, that's... And I probably never will. That's dysmorphia. But that's then. part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, when you knew me, I was walking around, you know, like I said before, 280 or 300 or more. Um, and that's just, I was a big guy and that's, was my, like, just kind of like who I was. I was a yeah, big Yeah, you can dude. get away with it when you're over six yeah, feet and tall, like, I, I wasn't like. like, you know, super morbidly obese. Right. Where, like, I couldn't walk around or be active and stuff like that. But I was a big dude and I loved my food. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big time. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had this, un- I've had this unhealthy relationship with food for a while in my life. Um, you know, I was born and raised here in San Francisco. Um, and I was a skinny child all the way up until the age of 10. Um, my parents got divorced when I was seven and, uh, my mom moved me to the peninsula when I was 10 years old and threw me into this new school and this new environment. And, um, I don't think I ever coped with that. Um, that was, that was such an unsettling situation for me that it affected me for many, many years to come. And I think was part of me developing an addiction. I was going to say, it reminds me about our other conversation when you move, you know, as an adult and then you relapse because so it sounds like the same thing. She yeah. switched schools when you were a kid and there's where those uncomfortable feelings started. Totally. And um, I was uh, kind of a latchkey kid at that point. So my mom wasn't home when I came home from school and um, uh, it was TV and food. Yep. And um, I started latching onto food and um, subconsciously it wasn't anything that I knew was going on. You know, I would eat and feel better mm-hmm. so I could just continue to eat and I became the fat kid and uh, being in middle school and being the fat kid that came with all that comes with and me being a super sensitive person you know being an alcoholic it's just how I am uh, yeah I was I was um, I was suicidal as in middle school oh very sad going to therapy you know people picking on me because I was you know calling me fat and stuff like that and um, yeah I mean I still feel fat today Really? Yeah. God, it's weird how ingrained stuff is. Totally. Like stuff that we still act off of and stuff that we still think about ourselves that's not part of our new narrative. And it's just not true at all. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's in your bones because you're used to it. Yeah. My aunt always says to me, I wish you could see yourself like I see you. And um, I found that's really true that um, I see myself through this clouded pair of lenses. It just, it, it's this distorted thing that isn't true. Yep. My mom, uh, producer Shara and I were having a conversation about this because my mom, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've met her, but she was, she's Southern and she says things. She's all, she's Southern, she's like a double Gemini and she's artistic. Yeah. So she says the wrong, she's like painting something with her in her mind and she says the wrong words. But I was like complaining about what I looked like and then I sketched a picture of myself really quick and she sketched a picture right next to it of me and she's like, you have circus eyeballs. What she's trying to say is I see myself in a funhouse mirror. But now it's so funny because like I'll be around my mom and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm hideous. I look 9,000 years old. And she'll be like, you've got circus eyeballs. And it's like, it's a funny joke now. So feel free to use circus eyeballs whenever you're not seeing yourself correctly. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's funny. Um, so yeah, f- for food. So I developed this un- unhealthy relationship with food. That you know, that stayed with me even when I got sober. I was still a large person. And I still had an unhealthy relationship with food. Wasn't well, sobriety when pe- if people have a uh, you know an off relationship with food when they get sober? I feel like that's when it comes out because I've been in a lot of rehabs where like there were bathroom rules, like you weren't allowed to go pee after you ate because of the bulimics. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like you had to, people had to wait for their food to digest. And I remember how crazy it was. Some girls will go puke out the window. Yeah, for me, I think my, my, my eating disorder was overeating. Right. You know, which isn't necessarily, quote unquote, an eating disorder right. in a book. But, um, you know, eating in a very unhealthy way to to pack my feelings down in my brain. Yeah. And I mean, food is such a common thing. You have to eat it to survive. So, I mm-hmm. mean, when you get sober, if it makes you feel better, you're going to use it. Yeah, I've always had this complex love affair with food. I think I always will. And then what, what happened? Was there some kind of a turning point? So, um, somebody I was dating, um, here in San Francisco, um, while I was living in Harbor Light, I met this girl and, um, she was great and she was in food recovery and she started passing some of those tenets on to me and I just started listening and, um, hearing what she had to say and trying some of the stuff out. And, um, I also decided while I was living in Harbor Light that I wanted to, um, I wanted to start working out. I just, it's something that came into my mind and I started to do and I was just on my own, like getting on the treadmill and trying to run a 10 minute mile. And I kept like trying to do this stuff and I kept trying to eat healthy like she was. And I started to see a change in myself. I was getting thinner and I felt better. And I started feeling a lot better and way less depressed because I was eating in a, in a more, in a more, um, I don't want to say responsible, but that's the word that's coming to my head right now. And it's just a, in a spiritually balanced way, I guess I would say. Does that mean like not mindlessly eating or something or you're Yeah, like, so I was consciously mean? I was conscious I was being conscious of what I was putting into my body. Okay. Um, you know, I would I'd eat dinner at Harbor Light and I'd be like, "Okay, so um it's either I can either have carbs or fat with this dinner. So, I'm going to decide if I'm going to have something that's fatty with this dinner, I'm not going to eat bread. Or if I'm going to have bread, I'm not going to eat any fat." Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of where it started. It got more complex than that, but that was that was a good start for me. And then, did how did that program help you? So I started going to FA meetings, um, food addicts in recovery. A lot of people have heard of OA, Overeaters Anonymous, which is much larger. Uh, food addicts in recovery um, is also a program known as FA, and um, it's much. I think it's a little stricter than OA is. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I was in that program, I would wake up every or every evening. I would um, call my sponsor because I would write down I would write down what I'm going to eat the next day, and like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and there was guidelines to what I could eat. No flour or sugar whatsoever, and all my on all my meals were weighed. So I would call my sponsor and tell him what I was going to eat the next day, and he said, "Okay, that's fine." And um, how do you weigh your food with a scale? Wasn't that a trigger? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been, but uh, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I weighed all my food, and um, I did that for like a year and a half. Um, I got all the way down to like 197 pounds at one point. From almost 300. Yeah. Whoa, that's amazing. And the funny thing is, is that when I was 197 pounds. 
that's the highest. So, you know, this BMI thing is ridiculous that they have about body mass index. And is that where they pinch you and tell you, like... It's a measurement that doctors use, um, basically to say whether you're obese or not. And there's a normal, healthy range. And... Um, it's a crazy scale. So when I was 197, which is the lightest I've ever been, and my father said, you look like you have cancer, I was <gasps> on the high end of normal. I was like the, the very high end of normal. Whoa. Weight. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I can understand to him you might look like that because you dropped all this weight and but I saw your, face, your face looks different when you lose weight. You know, you've, the yeah. cheekbones change. and I saw pictures of myself. I was pretty thin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so, I just assume that's what you are now. No, no, I'm like 230 now. Oh, okay. So. I know nothing about weight. That's the only thing I've done right in my life is not own a scale because why would I add that to my life? I don't know what you're supposed to weigh. And if you look up how much you're supposed to weigh, you're going to get five different answers. So it's like, I just, you know, I've got enough issues. <laughs> was, that's exactly what <laughs> I was just thinking. That. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't need to add weight problems to Dana's to, life. No, exactly. No, please. <laughs> yeah, that'd be insane. <laughs> yeah, but like, so... Did you feel like, did you feel like, so when you, you said you were in the high end of normal, that means you weren't too thin according to BMI? Yeah, according to the BMI, I was, if I had gained a pound, I would have been overweight. Oh, that's weird. It is weird. Oh, I don't know how they figured that out then. There's some, some they figured it out at some point somewhere and it's become the standard and it's not. Probably in the 60s. And it doesn't it work for all different, the people have different body types. Yeah. And did you notice that you were like feeling better too? Oh, totally. Yeah, I was like, I felt like I was drinking the Kool Aid. Oh, that you know what? That's awesome because I have a lot of I have a lot of women friends who um, they have different kinds types of food disorders and eating disorders, and when they're eating, it's like if they let themselves eat, they seem to get really sad. And I don't. I, that might be an anorexia thing, though. That's Maybe. probably what that is. Maybe. Yeah, because I'm always like, "Why you're not eating anything that's terrible? Why do you look sad?" Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that must that must be like an anorexia thing. This is just what you're talking about is more just like a healthy relationship with food. Oh, totally. Because yeah, I mean, we. I mean, I ate a lot of food. Right. I ate a lot of food in that program. Like I, when I ate a meal, I was full afterwards. Definitely full. I was never like, oh, God, I'm hungry. I mean, that kind of happens at the beginning because you have these cravings for like food, like snacks at certain times of the day. Right. But I was not wanting for, for energy. Like my body was getting a ton of nourishment. And when did you start exercising? So I started exercising. I started exercising in Harbor Light. Oh, right. And um, I just kind of, it kind of expanded from there, you know, from running that first 10 minute mile. Um, on a treadmill, I was so happy with myself when I did that. I was like, because I remember trying to do that in middle school when I was fat. And like, no. I, oh, I, yeah, I think I walked the mile in middle school uh, yeah. in like 45 minutes. I remember <laughs> I would run really and like pathetic. my side would hurt. And I was yeah. just like, oh, God, did I hate this. It's so horrible. But I started to enjoy working out because um, I get these great um, body highs afterwards. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, a combination uh, for me, it's like a combination of um, sobriety and Prozac, which has really helped me, and working out like mm -hmm. is like the key. Because when I if I don't do one of those things, I feel it. So it's like it's definitely a mixture of all three of them. Like I don't do. I just started working out with weights last year, and that's made me just feel better. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this um it's this weird thing um that contributes to getting the brain chemistry right. Like it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this thing, and um kind of feel somewhat like a normal person right and so now you're doing stuff with with team and training and you have been yeah i've been doing with i've been working with team and training for like seven years now 
I've done multiple events with them. I've done running events. Um, I've done um, cycling events. And then I did my first triathlon last December. I did a half Ironman because I'm crazy. Most what people, is an Ironman? Is that when you have to swim and do a bunch of like things that aren't just running? So that's, so that's a triathlon. So a triathlon is you swim, you bike, and you run. And then there's different distances, starting with a sprint, going all the way up to an Ironman, which is the longest one you can do. So I did a half Ironman, which is half of the longest thing you can do. Oh, my God. So I swam, what did I do? I swam like 1.6 miles, or 1.2 miles, and then I biked 59 miles, and then I ran 13.1 miles. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. It was nuts. If you if you left Sacramento, you would like be in San Francisco, basically, on foot. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's insane. Like more. It's only 90 miles, so. Oh, my God. And I went God. like 100, yeah, like 100 and... No, I went, no, sorry. That's that's the big one. You know, I went 70, it's 70 something. So you'd be in like Sausalito. Yeah. That's crazy. That is, yeah, to go from like, you know, feeling out of shape and hating exercise to doing something like that. And it's like for a good cause. Totally. I mean, that's got to feel good. But that's part of the, um, it's part of the uh, using your liabilities as assets. So my addict brain on exercise turns into this person who can really exercise well really oh because yeah. like you you're like i gotta do it like i'm gonna do it i'm competitive at this i want to do it like i like doing this i'm gonna keep doing it and it's kind of like funneling that energy into something positive instead of something negative like using drugs that is so cool yeah that's really awesome so i kind of discovered that maybe i could have been an athlete i mean i am an athlete but maybe if i had started when i was young i could have been a pretty good athlete but I'm happy with what I am now. No, I was just thinking of I was just thinking of that like I forget what it was. I was thinking of all the things like I should have done and didn't do and you know and, and then I'm like I just realized like re regret is like the most useless feeling in the world because there's just not shit you can do about it. No. You know what I mean? Like, no. It's like all this oh I wish I'd have done this when I was younger but I'm like my life is really great right now and right. what happened before took me that's what it took to get here so. Yeah. That's great that that happened. Totally. Like, that's what it took to get me to where I am now. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I look back at pictures from high school. You know, friends will post pictures. Um, and I was like, where where the fuck was I? And I'm like, oh, yeah, in the bathroom doing drugs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't in any of the pictures. And it's like, and then sometimes I feel like, oh, that's sad. I wish I, you know, like, wish I had attended more class. And it's like, you know, I, I, I'm at where I'm at right now. And I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, think about those people in high school. I think there's maybe two or three that I'm still close with, you know, that I right. still know, that are still my best friends, but. It's funny, I've now, like in sobriety, I've reconnected with some with people that I actually went to high school with. And mm -hmm. it's so cool because like hanging out with them now feels like it used to. Like it's like going back to a happy time. Yeah, I was literally just talking with one of my, one of the, my best friends from high school, Matt. I was just on the phone with him before I came in here and he was just telling me, you know, you're gonna laugh at me. I've been, I went to two AA meetings. I was like. <gasps> Oh my God. I'm like, this is so fantastic. Isn't that great when somebody comes to you for that? Because he's, you know, he's had problems for a long time and um, he's been talking about wanting to get clean and get sober and um, he finally started to go, just look. And I'm like, great, man. You know, don't have any expectations. Just go and look. Going to meetings can't hurt you. Yeah. Just go check it out. Totally. See, see what it does for you. So I'm really happy about that. I love that. I always love that. One thing I have to be clear about with people, though, is they're like, tell me a little bit about your story. I think I might have a drinking problem. I'm like, oh, no, you don't compare yourself to me. <laughs> like, I was like bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I always I always like introduce them to other people or tell them stories from the big book about like the housewife who drank wine and hit it. She was an alcoholic, too. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you don't have to be smoking crack next to a dumpster at 3 a.m. to be an alcoholic. Totally.
Thanks for listening to Radio Rehab. If you would like to contact us, our phone number is 415-496-9511. You can call or text even when we're not in studio. Email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. And it's at Radio Rehab Dana on all the socials. You can also go to radio.rehab and read my blog that I really need to start doing again. Be sure and tune in tomorrow when Harry and I discuss fatherhood and recovery. Thanks for listening. Keep coming back.